Hi, darling. This is so funny. And um, I'm glad I know myself well because this doesn't really surprise me. But I was resistant to record a podcast. And I skipped the podcast last week. And for you guys, it'll be two weeks ago because I just recorded one. I just recorded a podcast after skipping a week. And I was resistant to do it because I've been out of the swing of things, I guess. So I know for me, I need to do it once a week. And you might have experienced this a lot too, especially with ADHD, because our dopamine works differently. We need to have fast rewards. We need to have a recent experience of something to remember that it brings us dopamine. But conversely, also, if we've done something recently, like gone to a certain place, maybe we don't want to do it again because we've already done it. So it's a it's a really interesting brain that we have here. But I kind of forgot that I like to do this and I knew theoretically I like to because I've done it enough times, but I was resistant to do it. And that's not why I skipped a week. I skipped a week. Well, to be honest, I could have still done it. And I made a commitment to myself that I would do it weekly or at least have them released weekly. But last week was just such a big week. We had some big sudden like problems that had to be addressed and I just did not have the space to record a podcast episode. But the funny thing is, now that I just recorded one and I recorded like a 35 minute podcast, um, I'm excited about it and I'm excited and inspired. So I'm recording another one. I'm recording next week's one, which I love to do because then I'm ahead of things and I don't miss a week and I really want to have that integrity to show up for you guys. But it just makes me laugh that I kind of don't want to stop and have a break right now that I'm just like, might as well do this one. So know yourself well, guys, and use that um, strategy that we talk about in the Momentum Rather Than Motivation podcast episode, which is to just sit down and see how you feel when you do it. See what happens. So here I am recording another podcast episode for you guys. It'll obviously come out a week after the other one because of scheduling and just um, reasonable, rational logistics, right? It's normal to get one a week. But today I am excited about this topic that I have for you guys. And again, so funny because I was like, well, what do I talk about? I don't even know why I have a podcast. But now I know because I have things that I need to say. This one's exciting because I'm going to tell you, I think that everyone is thinking about ADHD all wrong. Everyone everyone. Um, We have, it's just, oh my God, there's no cohesive kind of idea about it. There's either you take medication and learn some strategies or there's, you learn a whole bunch of strategies and kind of duct tape them together until you find what works. And I just, I don't see ADHD as like this thing with a lot of different facets and like problems and behavioral issues and stuff. I see it as a part of who you are and not in the way that we over identify it and say, Oh, I'm an ADHD and I see my entire life through the lens of ADHD. I see ADHD as like the way that being a female affects my interaction with the world and being a mum interacts my um, affects my interaction with the world and having dark hair into uh, affects my interaction with the world in in terms of like if it's a hot day my hair will be 
hotter or like my skin is slightly darker than other people so I don't have to worry so much about being in the sun. These things are parts of me and aspects of me, but I don't over-identify with them. And the first two examples I gave, being a female, being a mum, I could over-identify. That could be a huge part of my identity, but I'm not the kind of person who really holds on tightly to aspects of identity. And that's because I'm someone who's really open-minded and into personal development and growth. And I just like to experience life how I experience life without putting labels on things. But... I like to use labels in terms of relating to things. So instead of having identities, I kind of have these more like relationships with aspects of life. And I find that really interesting as well, because then I can kind of think about other people's relationships with how they interact with the world. And it's just a slightly different aspect on things. So I, I just don't see ADHD as the everything. But I have this cohesive kind of idea about it at the same time. ADHD, it affects a lot of things that I experience, but I don't need to think about it all the time. It's not who I am all the time. When you start to identify as things, you let that identity become like a steam train. That steam train's going to keep rolling on its own. It's going to, or maybe like a snowball down a hill, okay? but it doesn't melt. Metaphors are difficult sometimes. Okay. It's like a steam train that keeps bringing on passengers. Let's say that. I like that better than the snowball analogy. So the steam train is a certain thing. It's an ADHD steam train. So what passengers are going to get on the train? ADHD passengers. When you have an identity, you tend to pick up beliefs that relate to that identity. And because it's your identity, you question it less. You go, oh, that's an ADHD belief. That's an ADHD belief. That's an ADHD belief. Oh, I see what that person's saying. They're talking about ADHD. I'm going to take that on too. And so in doing that, you kind of question these beliefs a little bit less and they become part of your steam train. They're now part of your identity, part of you. Whereas if the ADHD is a thing you relate to, that's not a part of you, it's an aspect of you. It's something that's outside of you that you experience. You don't just automatically pick up all these beliefs. You don't put yourself in a box and label yourself. It's just an experience. So for me, I I like to use the term ADHD because it helps me research things. It helps me relate to other people. I can say, oh, turns out that thing I experience is an ADHD thing. And it's not in the way that, oh, it's disempowering and um, that's just my ADHD. It's, oh, now I understand. So if it's an ADHD thing, maybe it relates to dopamine or energy cycles or motivation. How could these things be affecting it? That could help me tweak it, shift it, change it and find a solution. That's the other thing about identity is people can... It can create this uh, learn hopelessness or um, not so much learn hopelessness because that's a whole thing. But for some people, it can be like a scapegoat. For other people, it can be just like, oh, that's why. That's the reason. And that's like the end of the story. I don't believe in that at all. ADHD for me, it's like, you know, rose colored glasses. Like I put on glasses and they're a different color tint. I can put on these ADHD glasses and go, okay, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Okay, I've got a different metaphor. Imagine you've got one of those books that has the lines in red and blue that make it go 3D. Now, if you're old enough or if they're still around, hopefully you know what I mean. Maybe you went to the 3D cinema back in the day when it was actually the red and blue. You put the glasses on and you can see it in 3D. You can see it more clearly. That's kind of how I see ADHD is I just have my life. My life is just my life. But if I have a problem or something's going on, I can put on the glasses and I can see it clearly because the ADHD is like those blue and red lines. And I go, ah, that's from ADHD. This gives me new insights and understandings. So, so that's how I kind of see identifying with ADHD. Now, that's not the only way I see ADHD differently. I see ADHD as just a collection of personality traits. And I honestly believe that the understanding of ADHD came to be through essentially behavioral issues in the classroom. And we see people talking about this at the moment that ADHD, the diagnostic manual, the diagnostic criteria was created for boys. It wasn't just created for boys. And I'm not saying it was created for girls as well, but I'm saying that's not the only problem. The problem is that the diagnostic criteria look at the problems that those people are having, which, you know, makes sense because it's the diagnostic manual, but it overlooks a lot of nuanced experiences that ADHDers have. And so, yes, that's a diagnostic criteria and we don't need the diagnostic criteria to contain every tiny little aspect of our experience, but that's only the framework for ADHD. That's only the big picture things. That's only the things that they really see in the classroom and things that really are the markers, I guess, for ADHD. But there are aspects of ADHD that aren't contained in that diagnostic criteria. And I'm seeing all these little experiences, nuances that come down to ADHD. They're not in the diagnostic criteria. They're not in the TikTok videos about losing your keys. They're things that are different from that, that have been overlooked. Just like, first of all, girls were overlooked with ADHD. And now we've got this huge cohort of middle-aged women getting diagnosed with ADHD. So we're making these steps of improvement. But I can see that the next step is going to be noticing all these um, common experiences, especially among women, adult women, kind of going on to middle-aged women with ADHD. And in the form of these nuanced experiences from people who don't necessarily lose their keys, aren't necessarily disorganized, because that is such a stereotype of ADHD and a big part of what ADHD has always been seen as. It's the hyperactivity of the boys in the classroom and it's the disorganization and the inattentiveness of the girls. But it's so much more than that. A lot of ADHDers can have OCD symptoms and can be hyper-organized. So what about us? What about those type A ADHDers that are working their butts off in the world that have found the strategies and workarounds to make their lives really work to a degree, but it's really hard to maintain? Those are the overlooked ADHDers and they're the ones that I'm really 
interested in because the experiences for us are similar to ADHD is, but there are niches within ADHD. There are different groups and cohorts within ADHD. So going out and relating to all ADHDers isn't necessarily what you need. It's not necessarily helpful because all ADHDs have a different experience, but we can relate to these different groups within the ADHD circle. So there are ADHDers who have their lives together to a point, but it's so hard. But they're going on this roller coaster. They're going through these cycles. They are having to put in a lot of effort every single day just to um, remember their plans, have everything written down, make sure they're eating right, make sure they're drinking um, water, make sure they're exercising. But things just it's like they're juggling all the time and they drop a ball here and there and then they, they pick it up and they do it all over again. And these ADHDers, they get overlooked. So that's where I relate to most heavily. Um, but I do talk about other forms of ADHD and I, in a second I'm going to tell you another way I think that people are thinking about ADHD all wrong. And But ADHD is such a broad thing. So it's kind of weird and difficult for me to get up here and talk about it. And I want to talk about our kids with ADHD. And I want to talk about growing up as a female with ADHD. And I want to talk about the middle-aged women with ADHD. And I want to talk about these type A women with ADHD. And I, I guess the common thread through all that is ADHD women and finding ways to function well and not only function well but also to thrive and to lead a fulfilling life as well. So that's another way that I see ADHD differently is it's not a problem to fix. It's something to understand and to work with and to shift how we do things because as I'm going to tell you in a minute, there are so many gifts and benefits to ADHD and this is why I think ADHD in general needs to be seen differently because there's this there's this huge aspect of ADHD which is that kids with ADHD trying to go through school it's really difficult for them and that's a problem and there's behaviors that we need to fix and parenting kids with ADHD are difficult but those are problems that stem from ADHD, sure. But those kids, the aim is to empower them and give them understanding of ADHD and help them navigate whatever their upbringing is. If they're in the school system, my kids are lucky enough to be homeschooled, navigate this world they've got to grow up in to the point where they're adults and they can, through that time, hopefully protect their self-esteem and they create a good self-image for themselves and as well as function in school. And I, I think this is really overlooked, the whole internal experience of ADHD, I think is so overlooked. Because as I was saying earlier, that diagnostic criteria, that was developed from the issues that ADHD causes, the behavioral issues in the classroom. Oh, they don't focus. They can't pay attention. They can't sit still. They um, are making mistakes on their work because they're not reading the question properly. But those are all problems for somebody else, really. In my program, I talk about is it a me problem or is it a you problem? 
Is it a problem for the child to be hyperactive in the classroom? It's only a problem because it's that child is in a classroom and it's not the appropriate place for it. Is it a problem that that child can't focus on their schoolwork? Yeah, because then they can't get their schoolwork done and then they can't do the academic side of things and then if they want to be a scientist when they grow up, they won't be able to do it. But in that moment for that child, it's like an external goal. Uh, This child needs to do schoolwork because this is what we do. And I definitely believe in empowering our children to be able to do their schoolwork. But the classroom has limited resources to do that. And I often think it's kind of coming from a the child needs to fit in and be able to work in this system, um, which is true. And all of all of that is true, but it's like this slight shift. And I think there needs to be more focus on the well-being and empowerment for the ADHD child and understanding and allowing the ADHD person to have a deeper understanding of themselves and their needs and also to really develop those skills of regulation because I believe that everything comes from regulation. When you aren't regulated for anybody, when you aren't regulated, your prefrontal cortex switches off and you're not thinking clearly. So when an ADHD child is in a classroom, they're dysregulated, they're going to be hyperactive. They're going to be unable to focus. They're going to be, their attention's going to be all over the place. But if that child is regulated, that changes everything. If that child is regulated, then they can, uh, they, they will experience the classroom in a different way. It's just the classroom triggers a lot of those things. So what I was getting at is that those, that's one aspect of ADHD is problems with fitting in, problems with behavior, problems with operating in the world. But the overlooked side of ADHD is the experience of it. That child is dysregulated. They're not feeling great. Their brain is pinging all over the place. Their emotions are unsteady. The the other aspects of ADHD that I talk about are the energy cycles. We go up, we go down. The motivation cycles. Oh, we can do everything. Oh, no, I can't do anything. The emotional cycles. We uh, have such big feelings. Um, I should have had my notes here, but there there are so many experiences internally as ADHDers that don't come down to focus and attention or motivation. There's physical energy changes, physical, emotional, mental. You've got your thoughts. You're unable to control your thoughts sometimes. All of these things really come down to to that regulation and we will go through this cycle and it's understanding as well how hormones shift and interact with the body how um, neurotransmitters work and how we can do things to um, you know seek our dopamine in a healthy way and things like that so I personally think this this aspect of ADHD is overlooked and we focus too much on fitting in too much on the external problems when what we really should be focusing on is that positive self-image that self-esteem that confidence that realizing that we have these strengths that I'm about to share in a moment these strengths that 
are the flip side of this coin that may seem unhelpful and difficult in certain situations, but are actually beautiful, beautiful gifts. And I think it's really important to see these on a deeper level rather than just a shallow experience. And again, I talk about this in my program is having a clear perspective on ADHD because we don't want to just say ADHD is a superpower because ADHD is also a struggle. ADHD is also a um, lack of ability, a a disability in many aspects that requires accommodations and support in workplaces and schools. But when you understand the strengths, when you know how to work with the ADHD, when you know how to adjust the environment and follow the cycles and know the strategies and hacks and shifts that you can easily implement, the everything shifts. Everything shifts because you see ADHD as, as this cohesive thing that has these beautiful personality traits that it's just, it's like anything else. It's like anything else. The personality traits and certain strengths can be seen as a negative in certain situations. You want children to be shy and quiet in the classroom, but then you want them to grow up and be leaders and managers. Richard Branson and all the other people who dropped out of school, it's seen as a bad thing to drop out of school, but they needed to drop out of school to pursue their many ideas. The school system wasn't right for them. And I'm not banging on about school and that school's not right, but I'm saying that certain traits aren't positive in certain situations, but they're actually really positive in other situations. Marie Forleo talks about, she says that when she was a kid, the word that her mum said most often to her was shush. And now she's a public speaker. So often we see things as negative just simply because they're in the wrong environment. If you had a circus and they were in the classroom doing acrobatics, it would be dangerous. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be a good thing. But if the circus came uh, to a big field and entertained everyone, that's really positive. That brings joy to the community. We want children to be really compliant and do what they're told. But then we want them to grow up and not let anyone push them around. We want them to be confident and successful. There's this this dichotomy that happens and it's really difficult to be expected to act one way for 18 years of your life and then suddenly be completely different. So what I always say and what I've always recognized is that parenting ADHD kids, and I'm not just talking about parenting here because you're a person who was a child once as well. If you're not a parent, this affects you as well because you were a child, you were parented. Children who are difficult to parent because they are strong-willed, because they're determined, because they don't bend to authority, because they don't do things just because they're told without questioning it. Those kids may be difficult to parent, but they will make excellent adults. And um, there's ways that we can switch words out as well. Like kids who have so much energy, they're spirited. Now, the problem is for us adults there wasn't so much awareness about ADHD. There wasn't so much understanding. And I think, I truly believe we have 
a way to go because just just introducing accommodations into schools and saying ADHD is your superpower so it's okay you have ADHD is not necessarily helpful because we still need to have a level of understanding and compassion to the point where it's not sympathy it's just giving a child what they need and scaffolding their learning and empowering them in a way that suits them it's not because something's wrong with them or is broken and needs fixing because these kids who are growing up with these special this special treatment in the school they know they're different and they know that that means something's off i guess for lack of a better word about them and they need these extra extra treatments extra things to happen just to do what all the other kids are doing so that can have a huge effect on self-esteem but anyway my point was even with these changes that are happening with the kids for us and our generation that wasn't necessarily there a lot of that was overlooked I know so many people who disengaged with the school system because they were too smart for it and they weren't given that advanced work and then they found it really difficult becoming an adult because they had been disengaged for so long and what can happen with gifted kids is they they just get disenchanted with the world because they aren't able to follow their passions they have to shut it down in school and I'm going on a bit of a tangent but they have to shut down their passions while they sit in school for six hours a day and then maybe they'll follow their passions in their free time but these people don't necessarily go on to be successful because they've had this negative experience of they were told they shouldn't be a certain way. They shouldn't be reading that book in the classroom. They should be focusing on this other thing. So we have to undo a lot of that as adults. Um, and anyway, that's that's essentially my thoughts on that I went on so many tangents that I'm finding it hard to come back to where we are meant to be talking about but um, essentially that's that's another aspect that I think we need to consider about ADHD is to heal the self-esteem issues and have this more empowering perspective on ADHD that doesn't just brush over the needs of ADHD so I'm about to tell you about the strengths I've got my little I'm going to show you this is a part of my program parenting ADHD which is relevant this section is relevant to everyone because it's about the strengths so ADHD kids sorry ADHD people can be super emotional which can be really hard it can be really hard to be so empathetic empathetic as an ADHD are so hard to be so passionate and fiery sometimes because some people don't get that it can be a bit too much charismatic as well so emotional can be a negative thing it can be a positive thing unfocused being unfocused as an ADHD oh that's a terrible thing right but the same thing has positives if you're not focused on one thing it means you're creative you're taking ideas in from multiple perspectives you're probably quicker to adapt because you're not focused in on one thing you might have alternative viewpoints you're a questioner you question how things are hyperactivity if you're hyperactive it means you're good on your toes you have high energy you're always ready to go and you have easier access to flow state which is a state that 
many creative people seek. It's a really beneficial thing to have. Um, so that hyperactivity, imagine if you had high energy and you were an athlete or a dancer or you were a performer on stage for hours at a time. Hyperactivity and having that amazing energy can be great. And like I say, it comes down to that regulation as well because if you're brain is kind of frazzled and all over that place all over the place and you're dysregulated and hyperactive that's not so great but if you're hyperactive and focused man that's like that's a superpower right there problem focused adhd kids can be kind of critical um sometimes or adhd people uh, it can be easy to see the things that are going wrong and that can be seen as really negative nitpicking being really particular but it means that we can see the things that could be improved. It means that ADHD is actually really innovative and find ways that things can be done more efficiently. That can be a beautiful skill um, in a lot of uh, vocations, a lot of workplaces. Impulsive. That can be a big problem, right? But it also means you're a quick starter, you're quick thinking, you are open to change, you're flexible, you're willing to take risks and you're spontaneous again traits that are so beautiful in many situations and if you got rid of the negative experiences of these things if you would you say to yourself okay i never want to be impulsive hyperactive unfocused emotional i want to get rid of that completely or alternatively because that would get rid of all the beautiful things too alternatively we can find strategies and understandings and simple shifts that we can make to overcome any issues that come from those things if you are unfocused and always lose your keys but you can get in the habit of putting them up beside the door or leaving them in your shoes that you wear every day so you definitely find them if you can find these little strategies then keep the unfocused aspect because you see the benefits in them then you can see your ADHD as a gift rather than a negative thing it can manifest in negative ways and positive ways we can direct it into positive avenues and outlets stubborn ADHDers can sometimes be very stubborn but that means they're determined and have leadership qualities talkative like I said with Marie Folio that just means you are charismatic you're energetic you have teacher qualities if kid if you have a child that can talk or if you can talk for hours and maybe your friends don't like to hear you ramble on but maybe you'd make a great lecturer or um, professional speaker or podcaster all of those things are great it's just about finding the outlet lack of focus to detail well Plenty of people in this world are detail focused and can do busy work and get stuff done, but not so many people are big picture thinkers and not so many people have grand ideas. They reckon that 30% of entrepreneurs are ADHDers and that's because we have amazing ideas, we see things differently, we're curious, we're lifelong learners and ask too many questions. This is another one I've got here. Too many questions, don't interrupt in the class, but they're curiosity is a beautiful gift oh no they don't follow directions well that means that they question the status quo maybe they're looking for new ways to do things maybe they're less susceptible to peer pressure or outside noise they have leadership qualities 
forge new paths. Don't do things just for the sake of it, just because someone tells them to. These are the questioners. Maybe you blurt things out. Maybe you interrupt people by accident. Maybe that's because you've got a fast thinking brain. You've got lots of ideas. Another thing, another way to look at it is that you're eager to contribute. And this is actually seen in subcultures as positive because it shows that you're engaged and enthusiastic about the conversation. So if you blurt things out, if you interrupt, I've said to my friends, look, it doesn't mean I'm rude or disrespecting you. It just, it's just um, my brain working too fast. Um, I try to hold my tongue and wait until there's a pause. And I think that's something you can learn and get better at. And there are lots of strategies that you can use there. But sometimes I do acknowledge it to say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And I still respect you. It wasn't intentional. Um, And I think it's also a blessing. Another thing is that that fast thinking brain is seeing the point that they're making really quickly. And having that understanding um, and that bigger picture, noticing what's happening, what they're saying, what maybe what their emotions are, and you can pick up on what needs to be said before they've necessarily finished because you don't need a really big explanation. And I think this is the last one I've got here is daydreaming, which is negative in the classroom, maybe negative in a certain workplace, but That's why we make good entrepreneurs, fantastic creatives, daydreamers. Um, You see things differently, uh, create imaginary worlds. You know, if you didn't daydream, if you didn't have that imagination, you couldn't create worlds like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or, uh, you know, whatever the latest thing is. It requires imagination and not everybody has it. So, you probably notice at least one of those traits within yourself and maybe you can start to think about it a little bit more positively and notice how sometimes the good and the bad come hand in hand but noticing that good and those blessings and those gifts that are bestowed upon you and that can be used in a positive way. I've got one more actually. When I was a kid, my friend commented that I was changing hobbies all the time. And so it was seen as like a lack of commitment, but I didn't see it as a lack of commitment. I saw it as trying out lots of different things to find what worked for me. And this is another thing about ADHD is we can be really well-rounded individuals because we've tried so many things, had so many different experiences. Sometimes we have a lot of information and facts in our brain because we just love to learn about new things and we're curious. Like we hear about something and we think, well, what's that? I want to know what that is. So we can be walking encyclopedias sometimes. Sometimes it's harder to regurgitate the information, but um but that's a really positive trait as well is is that curiosity and whatever I said a second before that. Um, God, I just completely lost it. Okay, too many things happening and I've been filming for an hour. So I'm just going to give you a little list about um, some things that we're really great at. I kind of touched on it, but entrepreneurs, inventors, designers, artists, creatives of any type. Athletes, leaders, managers even, um, consultants, idea consultants. Yes, that is a job. Business creators. Some people just come up with ideas for businesses and then sell the idea. And so 
you know, even if you're someone who has big picture ideas but not great with the details, not great with the follow-through, hates the busy work, well, there's, there's things out there for you. Did I also say athletes? Athletes, performers, um, yeah, and I'm sure there's many out there. Those are just a few suggestions. So that's the strengths of ADHD and my perspective on how I see ADHD differently don't over-identify it, and it's not just these external behaviors, but it's this whole thing. And I really believe that we need to see ADHD just as a part of ourselves that can definitely be empowered. And it's just about learning how to function in the world that isn't designed for us, but we can definitely find ways to make it work for us. And you know, my program, Energy Empress, and my parenting program, especially my parenting program, my God, packed so much into that um, of these strategies and shifts that help us parent ADHD kids, but also strategies for the ADHD kids that help them function in the world. And ADHD is not such a problem when you understand it and you can work with it. It's really not. So instead of seeing it as a problem that needs to be fixed or as something that's um, a fault or failure it's just one part of you it's just a and it's not just like oh it's a quirky part of you but it's um kind of just a way of being i'm trying to give an example but like i'm a i'm a vegetarian right but i'm i don't over identify with that it's just a way of being it's just a thing i i do or don't do it's just normal for me so being adhd it's kind of the same like oh it's just who i am but i don't give it too much um I don't give it too much thought or effort, but it's in the back of my mind in terms of my needs and how I need to navigate the the day without it being a negative thing. So I hope that makes sense. I would love to hear your comments. Give me a review if you would like to. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode and how you are liking the podcast so far. This is what the 13th episode and you can watch on YouTube or listen on the podcast app whatever podcast app you use that does podcasts um and that's it for this week i will see you next week you will see me or listen to me whatever suits you best and who knows what we'll talk about next week but something to do with adhd tips and tricks and really living our best life possible so until then have a wonderful week and yeah i don't I'm so bad. I need like a one line sign off. So I just say that and then stop filming rather than like ramble, ramble, ramble the end. So the end. Bye.